Welcome back to the Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. And thank you for everyone who subscribed so far. And please, if you're new to the channel and you'd like to get notifications uh, when there's a new video, a new sermon uh, that comes up and it's ready to be viewed, please uh, subscribe and ring the bell so that you can get notified. We'd also like to thank our podcast listeners and hopefully hopefully you are being encouraged to uh, continue to walk in faith continue to be inspired to love God and to love others and I pray and it's, it's our prayer in Northboro that you are encouraged to um, be part of the community of Christ to live for him to be filled with his spirit and to look forward to eternal glory with him forever Today we discuss Exodus chapter 5 and 6, and we want to look at some attitudes that we see in Israel and Moses. As Moses goes with Aaron and confronts Pharaoh and asks him to let them leave so that they can go and worship God, a three days journey. And Pharaoh denies the request and actually makes things harder for Israel. God had given Moses the promise that they would be freed, but also that it wouldn't be easy. Do you give up when it's not easy? When you step through an open door of opportunity and things get tough, do you quit? Question whether or not you made the right choice. Are you one who thinks that everything needs to go smoothly and then you will know it's God's will? When trials come and conflicts, that pressure on you and your faith, that put pressure on you and your faith, what do you do? Is it time to give up? No. And we see Israel and, and Moses teetering if you will they had been given the promise by God through Moses and Moses had been given the promise by God himself and Moses didn't give up he felt like it and Israel they couldn't listen to the truth that Moses was telling them even though it was from God almighty because they were discouraged and brothers and sisters, I hope to encourage you to consider that it's never a time to give up as a Christian. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how long the days are, that we as Christians have a hope and we can rest assured that the promises of God are still there. They are still intact and still true today. We want to consider if you've been discouraged, that now is not the time to give up. And there will never be, never be a time we as Christians give up. I would like to use Israel and Moses as an example of attitudes we need to resist in our discouragement. In Israel, in Exodus chapter 4, they believed Moses was told by God to show these signs because Moses was having a hard time believing that God was sending him to go and deliver Israel out of bondage. And so God says, what is that in your hand, Moses? And Moses says, it's a staff. And God says, throw it on the ground. So he did. And what did it turn into? It turned into a, 
serpent. Moses was afraid, and God said, snatch it by its tail, and Moses did that, and it turned back into a staff, and then he said, put your hand in your bosom and pull it out, and Moses did so, and it was leprous, as white as snow, the scriptures tell us, and then God said, put your hand back inside your bosom and bring it out again, and Moses did, and it was clean. There was another sign that God told Moses to do, and that was take water from the Nile and throw it on the dry ground, and it would turn into blood. And these things Moses took and showed Israel. And it says that they believed. In Exodus chapter 4, in verse 27, it says this, Now the Lord said to Aaron, Go to meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the sons of Israel. So the leaders of Israel are being drawn together now. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. He then performed the signs in the sight of all the people. What signs? Those signs that we had just talked about. And in verse 31, it says, so the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about the sons of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, then they bowed low and worshiped. <laughs> they believed. Moses and Aaron showed the signs that God told them to, and they were convinced. And they bowed down and worshiped. And we will find that things get hard for them when Moses goes with Aaron and confronts Pharaoh. But they believed. In Exodus chapter 5, we also see that they were burdened. And starting in verse 1, And afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? What pride, what arrogance in Pharaoh. We see the hardness of his heart, don't we? And then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? That's not what they were trying to do. Get back to your labors. Again, Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many, and would you have them cease from their labors? And we know what happened, don't we? Pharaoh told his taskmasters in Israel, now you're going to have to make bricks without straw. They were burdened. Their religious liberty was prohibited. The, the freedom to go and worship their God was denied. And brothers and sisters, there may come a time in this life and in our country, in maybe even in our lifetime, where our religious freedoms begin to dwindle. And, and the laws that this country design make that freedom smaller and smaller for us as Christians. And what are we going to do if that happens? More importantly, what are we going to do now with the freedoms that we do have? 
Do we find reasons not to be in church? Do we find reasons to not be gathered with the saints? Do we find excuses uh, that make it uh, unbearable for us to live out our Christian faith in our daily lives? It's just too hard. Brothers and sisters, we have the freedom now to practice our faith. What happens if those liberties begin to shrink? And so Pharaoh says, no, you can't go and worship God. And notice what happens in verse 18, of 15, excuse me, of Exodus 5. And so Pharaoh has given Israel a task that has made their labors much more harder. And the taskmasters of Pharaoh have abused Israel. And now they have to go and scatter throughout Egypt to find stubble and straw and then gather it, collect it, chop it, and make it usable for bricks. Then the foreman of the sons of Israel, verse 15, came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you deal this way with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, yet they keep saying to us, Make bricks. And behold, your servants are being beaten, but it is the fault of your own people. Hmm. But he said, You are lazy, very lazy. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. If anybody was lazy, it wasn't the, the Israel. I mean, they were laboring probably every single day, making bricks, making buildings and monuments to Pharaoh. So go now and work, for you will be given no straw, yet you must deliver the quota of bricks. See, nothing has changed. They still need to produce the same amount. The foremen of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble because they were told, you must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. Not because they were old, but because they were told. When they left Pharaoh's presence, they met Moses and Aaron as they were waiting for them. Uh-oh. It's all your fault, Moses. If you had never asked Pharaoh to let us go and worship God, this wouldn't happen to us. Brothers and sisters, as we get further along in Exodus, remember these verses. The foreman of Israel goes to Pharaoh and says, it's too much. It's too hard. You still want us to have and, and produce the same amount of bricks, but we can't use straw now. We have to go and gather our own straw now. First of all, they were already slaves. And they were already odious, if you will, in the sight of Pharaoh in Egypt. They were in bondage. And they were crying out. And that's the reason why God heard them, because they were crying out in their bondage and suffering. Remember these verses as we get further along when they're brought into freedom and they start complaining. And so they say, when they meet Moses and Aaron, they say to them, May the Lord look upon you, in verse 21, may the Lord look upon you and judge you. For you have made us odious, or you have made us smell. In Pharaoh's sight, and in the sight of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to kill us. The religious liberty was taken away. 
and it was made even harder for them to produce the bricks they were making. In 2 Corinthians 2, Paul says this to the church, starting in verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, an aroma from death to death. To the other, an aroma from life to life. And Paul is saying, we are the sweet aroma when we go out into the world and represent Christ and talk and spread the gospel. We're a sweet aroma. But for some people, That sweet aroma is an aroma of death because they're confronted with the truth of their sin and they're confronted with the truth of the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ. And if they don't accept it, just like if you and I had not accepted it, our end is absence from God, the wrath of God. And so, brothers and sisters, whether or not we're odious, or we smell bad in the sight of some men, we still need to be faithful. And we still can be. We know hardships coming. We know trials are coming. And the thing here is that they believed at first. When they saw Moses and Aaron coming with all these miracles, they believed and they bowed down and worshiped God. They were ready to leave Egypt. And now things are going hard or getting hard and are going sideways in their eyes. And they're ready to have God judge Moses. Because now they look odious or obnoxious. In the sight of Pharaoh, when they already did look that way. And brothers and sisters, sometimes in this world, let's not think that the world is our friend. If we're truly living out our faith and living out the the truth of the gospel, there will come opposition and it will get hard. But we can expect that. And they didn't listen. If you turn to Exodus chapter 6, God reinforces to Moses, because Moses struggles too. After Israel comes and, and says what they say to him, Moses struggles too. And we'll get to him in a minute. But in Exodus 6, notice this. Moses prays, and then the Lord replies to Moses in verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for under compulsion, he will let them, uh, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God, Almighty. But my name, Lord, or YHWH, or Yahweh, the great I am, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Brothers and sisters, don't ever think for a second that God doesn't hear our groanings. Say, therefore, to the sons of Israel, 
I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will bear be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. What a tremendous blessing. Who, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And the Lord says all this, and he tells Moses, go to Pharaoh to let the, son, let the sons of Israel go out of the land. But Moses spoke before the Lord, and he says, behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How did they get to the point where they wouldn't even listen to all that God had told Moses to tell them? I am God Almighty, and I haven't, I haven't revealed my name to them, the Lord. And I've made a covenant with Abraham, your forefathers, to bring you into the land of Canaan. And surely I will bring you out. And Moses goes and tells Israel all of this. He says it in verse 8, I will, in Exodus 6, 8. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will um, give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. And before he said that, he said, Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord and will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people. All those things that we've just said, Moses says to Israel. And in verse 9, so Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses. Why? On account of their discouragement or despondency and cruel bondage. See, they couldn't hear Moses. They couldn't listen. They wouldn't listen to Moses because of their immediate troubles. They couldn't hear the truth of God. They couldn't hear the story of their rescue because of their immediate burdens and troubles. When has discouragement kept you from re reading or studying the Word of God? When has discouragement kept you from remembering the truth of God during your, your daily movements and actions. Uh, we're, we're, we're to be thinking on and, and chewing on, if you will, the word of God as much as we possibly can. But when has discouragement kept you from hearing the word of God? You just, you know what, this is too hard right now. This, this circumstance is just putting me in a place where I don't want to go to the Word of God. I don't want to hear what God has to say. I can't hear it right now. My, my burdens, my trial, my, my struggle right now is just too hard. Have you ever been there? I, I know I have. And through that trial and hardship and, and tough time, instead of going to the Word of God, we stay away. In Israel, they couldn't hear. And I can't say that I blamed them. But the very thing they didn't do is the very thing they should have done. But they don't give up. And Moses, Moses doesn't give up. 
And brothers and sisters, we can't wait until our religious freedoms are taken away or dwindling down to say, now I'll start living in the freedom that I've been called to in Christ, going out and sharing the gospel. And yeah, yeah, maybe making some enemies, sure. That's not our purpose, though, is it? That's not our intention. Our desire is bring souls and save them, bring souls into the kingdom of God. And brothers and sisters, we've got to be living the life, don't we? We've got to be encouraging one another. The immediate hardship caused short-term vision. And that's an attitude and a mindset that we need to avoid. The long-term goal that we have can never, ever be out of sight. We cannot allow the burdens of our current conflict to blind us from the promise that God has given us. And so Israel, they believed at first. They were burdened. Their religious freedom was denied them. And they couldn't listen. They didn't listen to the truth that Moses was trying to relate to them. Instead, they said, may God judge you. Because their task had gotten that much harder. Brothers and sisters, if God has called us to something and it starts to get difficult, it doesn't mean it's not the will of the Lord. It may very well mean that it is. And I pray that we don't wait around waiting for things to all go smoothly until we make a decision to walk in faith. Sometimes walking in faith is hard. But there's never a time to give up. In Moses in Exodus chapter 5. Moses didn't allow the hardship to reinforce God's word. In Exodus chapter 5, 22, this is after Israel had been burdened with not being able to uh, gather their own uh, used straw. Now they have to go and gather it and whatever they could find in replace of it. And they said, may the Lord judge you. And now Moses goes back to God and says this in verse 22. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Now, before we get too hard on Moses, understand the task ahead of him. And understand, remember, what he's already been through. Leading a people, a nation, out of Egypt in the face of a person who thought he was God. It's not an easy task, is it? It wouldn't have been. It couldn't have been. And on top of that, God has already told Moses what? He's not going to let your people go, Moses. I'm going to harden his heart, and he's going to harden his heart. And we see that when, when Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh and he says, who is God? Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Pharaoh's heart is hardened. And so this reaction by Pharaoh shouldn't really have caused discouragement in Moses. It should have reinforced what God had told him was going to happen. And brothers and sisters, when those trials and hardships come because of your faith, 
Don't allow those hardships to take you away from believing that the word of God is true. If anything, it should reinforce the word of God in our minds. Because God has told us. Jesus himself tells his disciples in John 16, 33. I'm going to take a minute now and have you grab your Bible. If you haven't already. And just read that verse, John 16, 33, and I'll wait. If you haven't gone and gotten your Bible, this is a very awkward moment. (laughs) What does that verse say? What does Jesus say to his disciples? Basically, he says, in this world, you will have trouble or tribulation. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And brothers and sisters, in this life, we will and do have trials, don't we? And especially the trials that are a direct result of us living our faith out. Take heart. Christ has overcome the world, and we have placed our faith in him. And just as God is going to overcome Pharaoh, God is going to help us overcome those Pharaohs in our life. That obstinate attitude that somebody gives us, that that look of disgust that maybe we come across because we're living out our faith or we wear a face mask that says, give glory to God. Brothers and sisters, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. And whether it's a conversation with a relative or a friend or an acquaintance, a conversation with our own family, Let us be a people who are not ashamed of the gospel. And when the hard times come, that just reinforces the truth all the more for us. Moses didn't continue in sober-mindedness. If you pay attention a little bit more to his prayer, notice where his mind is. Verse 22, Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought harm? To this people. Remember that. And I'm going to skip over and jump to verse 23. And now he says this. So he's looking at God and says, God, you brought harm on these people. And then he says, ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people. So which is it, Moses? Is it God or is it Pharaoh? And then again, he asks God, why have you sent me? I can be that way. Things don't go my way or or how I would desire them to go. And I have a pity party for myself. I can sit and sulk. Moses may be feeling that a little bit right now. And his mind isn't really sober at this moment. He's caught up in the emotions of everything. He's, he's forgetting what God has already told him, that Mo, it, Pharaoh isn't going to let them go. But I will be with you, Moses. 
and with an outstretched arm, I will bring judgment upon Egypt. And brothers and sisters, as Christians, we need to stay sober-minded. There's plenty of New Testament references that encourage that. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 that we need to be alert, uh, sober-minded, alert, because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And brothers and sisters, let us not forget that. We still do have an enemy, and we fight in a spiritual war. Moses was dealing with opposing voices, wasn't he? He was dealing with Pharaoh, who thought he was God, and in the eyes of all those who were under him, he was God. And then he had the Lord God. Brothers and sisters, when you have opposing voices, with regard to faith, with regard to the things of God and the things of this world, who do you listen to? I pray it is the Lord God. But we notice that Moses, Moses stayed the course, didn't he? He didn't give up. He may have had times where he didn't allow the trial and the hardship to reinforce the truth. He may have had a moment where he wasn't thinking clearly, just wasn't considering what God had already said and all that he had already been through up to this point. He was looking at the immediate hardship and he forgot the long-term goal. But Moses didn't give up. And brothers and sisters, we can't, we can't give up either. In Hebrews chapter 10 The writer of Hebrews is comparing the old law and and the sacrifices that were given in the old law and comparing and saying how inferior those sacrifices were to the sacrifice Jesus Christ gave once for all. He said there's no longer any sacrifice for sin. Christ gave it. And he says in verse 19, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, For he who promised is faithful. Brothers and sisters, he's faithful. Just as God, as we know, is going to be faithful to his promise to bring Israel out of bondage. God has brought us out of bondage by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are no longer slaves to sin. And now we live in this freedom, brothers and sisters. Let's live in it. Amen. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you as I encourage myself. There may be things that prevent us from being close to one another. But that doesn't mean and that shouldn't stop us from considering how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. 
And it's, it's so sad to see folks who decide to step away from the church or step away from fellowship because they've been discouraged. And the very thing that they should be doing is gathering. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some. Some have made a habit of not fellowshipping, not gathering together because there's so much that goes on in an assembly, isn't there? But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. In verse 32, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your, seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and a lasting one. Brothers and sisters, is that our mindset? Is that your mindset? That we know we have a better and a lasting possession waiting for us? Israel had the same. They had a better and a lasting possession waiting for them, didn't they? God had promised them the promised land. And God has promised us a promised land. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so there's a warning there. Let us not be those who shrink back when the hard times come. If and when our religious liberties slowly deteriorate, deteriorate in this country. Brothers and sisters, while we have the freedom, let's practice our faith. Let's practice our religion. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel of salvation. For it is the power of God to those who believe, to the Jew first, and also to those who aren't Jewish. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. And you are not one of those who shrink back to destruction. But of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. May we be those who never shrink back and never quit. Even though there's hard times and, and the road we walk seems to be impeded with trials and tribulations and struggles of life. There is never a time as a Christian to give up or to quit. And may you be encouraged to continue to walk by faith, to have the attitude that Moses did, that he didn't give up. He stayed the course even when it was difficult. And even though he may not have been sober-minded at times, what did he do? He prayed. God bless you. 
May you be encouraged to continue your walk by faith. And when the hard times come, brothers and sisters, don't give up. Take care.